want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. My friend Carly Waddell is with us on the podcast today. She is best known from her time on the reality TV series, The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise, for all of you fans out there, where she met her husband, Evan Bass. She has two children, Bella and Charlie, which inspire her weekly and award-winning podcast, Mommies Tell All. What you may not know about Carly, and that I know, is that, well, she has an incredible voice, and she has traveled the world performing. That's when we met, years ago, at the Lyric Theater in Oklahoma. Her first iTunes single, So I Do, was performed on ABC's airing of Jade and Tanner's Wedding Special. And three years later, she released her chart-topping album, Dream Train. She is truly the definition of a multi-hyphenate creative, as Carly is currently working on her newly launched YouTube channel and inspiring her one million, one million, y'all, followers on Instagram. In today's episode, you'll learn why learning to say no is important, why listening to your gut is vital to your success, and how in the creative entrepreneur journey, you can continually pivot to find your freedom. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Carly Waddell, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Because I seriously have not talked to you in, what were you saying, like 12 years, 15 years? Almost 13, 15, somewhere, something in there, years. It makes us like old, but that's okay. With age comes wisdom. It makes us mature. Yes. (laughs) Ish. And we still look the same. That You definitely do. You look 18 years old. You look amazing. Although I know that your life has shifted and changed quite a bit. So oh. let's, for those that don't know you, let's back up a bit. Let's back, back up the train here. Let's back it up, back it up. Let's talk about how we met. Because when I last knew you, in your former life. <laughs> I know. What even? Pre all the Bachelor fame. So weird. So weird. You were a student at the University of Oklahoma. Yep. You were from Texas originally, right? Yes. But you were studying in Oklahoma, musical theater. I had just left. I went to NYU for a year, and then I left and came to Oklahoma. (laughs) What a transition. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. I was in Cap 21 with Lady Gaga, and we were the only two people to drop out of the program at the same time. (laughs) Claim to fame. (laughs) Claim to fame. I'm a dropout with Lady Gaga. Yay! Well, and dare I say, you're probably the two most famous ones from it. It's so <laughs> stupid to think about. I I do think about that. I'm like, how funny is that? Like, the two people who dropped out are, like, the two names from, like, that year. I mean, not to say that other people aren't, like, successful from that of course. That class, but I'm like, oh, my God, that's so weird. That is weird. Dropping out of college is great. <laughs> well, I'm a college dropout, too. Yes! <laughs> yes! We did it! <laughs> okay. So then you were in Oklahoma, though. Yes. Because that's when we met. Yeah. And I cast you, I remember that, in a few shows. Yes. And we became friendly. Mm-hmm. And you then, though, were like, by the way, you all, Carly has a freaking incredible voice. Your voice is 
is insane. Well, it was at 18, so I bet it's even more insane now for 19, however old you were. I don't even know. God. But then you were like, I remember you saying, I'm leaving school and I'm moving to Nashville. Yeah. So that was like that. So that was like the plan, right? Which is so weird because I actually ended up here. But that's not, I mean, that was an idea, but then it took 10 years to actually get me to Nashville because there was lots of stuff that happened in between that. So I dropped it. I dropped out of OU because I really, I like wanted to sing country music. I'd been doing musical theater, you know, like forever. And I was like, I just want to be myself, which is so funny because I am now famous for being myself. And now I'm like, I want to act again. <laughs> now you're like, oh, but I want to act. I know. Now I'm like, who are you, you crazy person? But so I dropped out of OU. They were really mad at me. And then I got a job singing back in Dallas. And so then I moved back to Dallas. Then I moved to Savannah, sang in Savannah, the Savannah Theater. Then I went to cruise ships. And then I went to Bachelor. So how did the Bachelor happen? Like, like, did they call you? Did you? It's so weird. So, okay, when I was on a cruise ship, I would call my brother all the time. And I was FaceTiming him one time, Skyping me at that point. He's like, hey, I just heard on the radio, there's this, like, audition for The Bachelor. I think I'm going to go do it. I was like. You should. And he goes, what's your show about? I was like, it doesn't matter, Zach. It's about dating, but just go. So my brother goes to this audition, and my advice was just be your crazy self because my brother's crazy. He was the only person on his season, the entire season, that actually went to an audition and got through. They were like, you know, what's your personality like? And he he goes, well, I'm crazy. I really like karaoke. And they're like, what song do you like to sing? And he goes, I really like to sing Under the Sea from Little Mermaid. Hey, I have, a, I have a crab costume in my car. Want me to go get it? Oh, he is crazy. Yeah, he's he is crazy. crazy. So he walks in the audition, and he's like, the seaweed is always green now. And, somebody. and he just, like, starts singing the song and doing this, like, crab thing. But he's also, at that point, like, wanted to be a priest. And, like, all this, like, he was going to go into seminary. And he had, my brother's just as crazy as I am. And so he gets on the show. So I have, like, two months left on the cruise ship. My brother goes to the show, and I don't hear from him for two months. The day I get home, they called and said, your brother's getting to hometown dates, and we're going to be there tomorrow. So basically, the first time I saw him was with the camera crew and the bachelorette coming in. And, of course, they usually take a mom or a sister, and they sit down with the bachelorette, and they're like, okay, you really need to be hard on them and ask them the tough questions. And my mom's so sweet. She's like, I can't do it. And I'm like, I'll do it. So, you know, I'm sitting there, and I could tell she didn't really, I mean, she liked him, but I could tell she didn't, like, like, like him. Her name is Desiree. That was the bachelor at this time. And I was like, do you like my brother? And she's like, well, we're just, like, really good friends. I was like, have you passed the friend zone? And she's like, I mean, we're getting there. And I was like, he's out. So he was out right after he met our family. (laughs) He's out. So after he gets off the show, they called him, and they're like, hey, we love your sister. We really want to get her on the show. Do you think she'd ever do it? And so he asks me, and I was like, what else am I doing? Sure. I just got off a cruise ship. I want to get my life started. I want to date somebody. It sounds great. I want love. Everybody wants love. So the next Bachelor, it was actually between my brother, can't date him, and this guy Juan Pablo, who is my brother's best friend. And I did not get along with Juan Pablo, like, at all. So they are like, okay, well, the Bachelor is Juan Pablo. And I already told them, like, if it's him, I don't want to do it. I was like, if I'm going to do the show, like, I really want to do it for the right reasons. So that, you know, they always say for the right reasons. 
always people are like, yes, I want to be on the show, but I really wanted to be on the show to find love. Then they said, well, if you ever see a bachelor you ever like, you just let us know. And I was like, okay. So then the next year, Chris Souls was the bachelor and I saw him like on Good Morning America and I texted the producer and I was like, I like him. You have to let me on. I had like a week to pack and then was on the show. So all of it came from my brother, but then, you know, they didn't have Bachelor in Paradise and stuff back then. And the sideshow is what made me so famous because I was on that twice and I was like a main character twice. Yeah, you were. So dumb. And met your husband. I know. Like you, what you're, what is so fascinating about this to me is that you originally set out with the intention of, I'm going to meet a man and you actually did. I did. Which yeah. is so rare. I mean, if you think of the number, the numbers game and the number of people that have been successful at it, it's, it's like, not. <laughs> it's like next to none, but you actually have been super successful at it. Like, that's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. The first season I was on Bachelor in Paradise, I'm so, like, when I look back, I'm so glad this guy broke up with me because it, like, never would have worked. Like, it just never would have worked. And then the second time I was back on, I actually didn't want to go. So I was like, man, that was horrible last time. I don't want to do it again. They were like, just do it. Like, we love you. Like, just come and have fun. So I really went with the intention of just, like, kind of having fun and laying on a beach and making friends. And with Evan, like, I really didn't, he really was just my friend for so long until I say like the veil lifted and I like saw this handsome person standing in front of me and I was like what like I didn't even believe it myself I was like I don't understand what's happening why do I want to hold his hand this is so weird but it really was I don't know it was like the universe like lifted a veil and said like do you see this now because I had been want I was like I want to fall in love with him he's so nice and then it was like, it allowed me to fall in love with him. It was crazy. I think it's that idea of surrender, right? I mean, I know for me, I was like searching and searching and searching and searching for the right guy. Oh yeah. my God, I was dating. I was like a dating madman. And then finally one day I was like, yeah, letting it go. And I was like, I'm going to like enjoy my life no matter if I'm single with somebody. I don't care. I'm just here to have a good time. Yeah. And that's, of course, the minute when Mr. Michael Schuller like walked in the door and there he was. And it was this tall, striking, handsome man. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> totally. I hear that story so many times. Before I met Evan, my best friend, Heather, she was like, co- she would constantly just be like, I know he's just going to walk in the door one day. And I'm like, Heather, that's not how it works. You got to get out there, girl. You got to, like, get on apps. You got to, like, go knocking around. Like, you have to do it. And her, she was working at her dad's health food store in Norman, Oklahoma, and her husband just walked through the door <laughs> to shop. I was like, he literally did just walk through and she had totally just trusted that that was going to happen. But it is like a surrendering thing. You have to, you have to just go, okay, whoever you are, I trust you're coming and let him come. And he did. And it comes unexpectedly with an unexpected type of person usually. Oh, very. Oh yeah. Michael wasn't my normal type. I mean, like I could, I mean, it just, it was like, oh, wait a minute, but it works. Yeah. Like it just fit. Totally. Fit. Okay. So then you had your wedding. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, we all watched your wedding. <laughs> so weird, Nick. I was seriously just talking to my mom about this like two days ago. I'm, I was like, Mom, do you remember when we used to sit and like watch The Bachelor? And those people were so famous. Like if I had ever met them, I'd be like, oh my gosh. 
And that was just like, I mean, that was years ago. And now I'm like, how is that me? Like, it still doesn't actually feel like it's me. I know that people watch my wedding, but that's so weird. Do you walk down the street and get recognized and all of that? And is it like, oh, yeah. how do you feel about that? Even in my mask. Like, I'm wearing a mask. People still, like, the lady at the checkout counter. Even in the COVID mask. They're like, you're the girl from The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, like, buying alcohol the other day, and I obviously had to show my ID. And the lady goes, oh, I know who you are. She goes, I love you and your husband. She goes, and your kids are so cute. Like, she followed me. It's amazing how many people follow me on Instagram that I never thought would follow me. Well, like, yeah. Like, who are at the checkout counter. Like, I, that's not the normal person I would think of, you know? Girl, you have a million followers. So I clearly, know, so weird. clearly people like the girl at the checkout counter is following you because it's not like it's just, like, people but you she's know. she's like a 60-year-old woman. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know grandmothers also followed me. Oh, I see like, what you're saying. Like, you, you expected it to be, like, young people or people that watch, like... Yeah. Yeah, well, but 60-year-old women watch The Bachelor. I mean, like, yeah. everyone loves that sort of fairy tale thing, and you were the princess who actually got the prince. So it's, like, super, like, of course they're going to follow you. We were, like, the nerdy prince and princess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, not the not typical. I was, like, girl next door, not so much, like, prince. <laughs> okay, so speaking of... <laughs> well, you've you know. always been kind of quirky, which is why I love you so much. Yeah. Like, you're just, yeah. like, you're just yourself, which is another reason why all those years ago I cast you, because there were two things that you were. You had a kick-ass voice, like, phenomenal voice, but you also had this vulnerability about you. Three things. This vulnerability about you. You were, like, so vulnerable as, a, as an actor, and you knew who you were, even then. And most people, I mean, it takes them years and years and years to figure out who the heck they are. And you knew at that young of an age. So when you went on The Bachelor, I was like, yes, because you are somebody who knows who you are. And you're not going to pretend to be something that you're not on camera or anything. Yeah. It's like a blessing and a curse, though, because that's what gets you into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what can easily, like, villainize you. Or, you know, I mean, because I'm not, like, I am a sweet person, but... I also call people on their BS, which sometimes if people love a certain person I'm calling their BS out to, then it makes people hate me. So it's definitely an interesting duel. How do you handle the haters? Because with a million people, I mean, I get haters and I only got, you know, 13,000 followers. I can't even imagine what you go through in terms of, of the haters. Or do you just ignore it? Like, what do you do? You know, at first it was really hard because especially when The Bachelor was airing, so they had called me in for a um, interview to be bachelorette. And at that point, you know, I was not ready for that. I was, I don't even know that I would have handled that well at all if I had been the bachelorette. You know, it was like a me versus another girl situation. And so there was a lot of hate coming my way. So I was not prepared for that. It's different now because I care less. <laughs> but then it was hard. I mean, I didn't go out as much because I was so scared of like what people would say. I had a person in the gym one time I was like running on the treadmill and someone came by and said like, if you're such a bee and like just walked out of the gym and I was just like, I cannot believe like, first off, you don't know the whole story and I'm really not. <laughs> but like, I mean, I had people say mean things and, and, message me really really mean stuff on social media during Chris Soul season there wasn't huge followings on social media that didn't really start till a little bit later so I just started gaining my following like on Bachelor in Paradise 
And Bachelor in Paradise, my story was a little different because by the end, people felt so bad for me <laughs> the first time that they were like, oh, my gosh, this guy's so bad. And then the third time when I met Evan, people were mad at the beginning because I was talking crap about him. And they lots of people knew I ended up with them, which I'm mad at myself for that. But, you know, I think as as I got higher up in followers, I started caring less. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just maturity. Maybe it's me having kids and just being like, I don't have time to deal with this person saying something. You know, especially now it's a lot of mom shaming more so than like anything else like I can't believe you're letting your kid do that or whatever and honestly that's more of the hate I get now because I'm in like mom world but I don't know it doesn't dig as deep as it used to dig and I really think it's probably just maturity and I just have way more things going on than I used to yeah and I think you get used to it too you're just like whatever after a while you know Interestingly, you know, there are those influencers, because now you're a quote-unquote influencer, right? Like, yes. isn't, that, isn't that amazing? <laughs> and there are those that, like, you know, you hear the story of, like, the girl on Twitter that w- couldn't sell 13 T-shirts. You know, she has this big following, but she couldn't sell 13. But you're not, that's not the case for you. Like, you've really been able to become a solopreneur, like what I call a solopreneur, because it really is sort of your life, your business, your you're a mompreneur too, because a lot of it is based on being a mom, right? Which is why you're in the mom zone and why you're getting mom shame. But how did that, how did that transition happen where you were able to leverage the fame that you have found and been able to turn it into a business? At the very beginning when I think, gosh, how many followers? So one of my best friends from the show, Jade and I have always kind of band together for stuff. So We found an agent, like a social media agent out of New York so long ago. I mean, gosh, his name's Paul. And he was really the first person to be like, hey, there's a FabFitFun wants to reach out and they have this box. You know, it's like when FabFitFun started, they have this box and like it has a bunch of stuff in it. And like, would you be open to like putting it on your Instagram? And, you know, Jade and I were like, what? They could get $300 for like, and, and it's. I mean, at that point, like, was unbelievable money. Yeah. And it still is. You know, it's still so ridiculous that someone could get on their feed and be like, here, it's a box, and get money for it. It's so weird. So it really started just from, like, you know, the smaller amount of followers and choosing things that we would really like and thought people would like. Because there was, I mean, there were times that he'd be like, hey, there's this vacuum company. And I'm like, I don't sell vacuums. Who thinks I am? And now I'm like. I really like a new vacuum. <laughs> you're at a different place in your life. Now you're like, yes. oh, I kind of need that new vacuum. <laughs> yeah, I do. But it's so funny. It really kind of just started from a small place. And then as the following grew and grew and grew, I was always choosing things that I believed in. I said no to a lot of stuff because I didn't think it would resonate with people. People aren't going to buy it anyway if it's crap. Yeah. And it had to be in alignment with you, I'd assume. Absolutely. Because if I can't fake it, I mean, I can can act, but like (laughs) I can't fake Carly really liking something. Like I'm just not very good at that. I could fake like a character liking something. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Yeah. So it kind of just started small and then grew and grew and grew as my following grew. And then, you know, I started kind of branching out to other things. Like now I have a mom podcast and we had a jewelry line and, you know, it just, I kind of started going in like different 
areas. And then I started singing on my Instagram, which I hadn't done in years. And I don't know, I would say almost listening to my gut has led me a lot in the right direction. Like I've been asked to do tons of things and if it felt right, I'd do it. And if it felt wrong, I'd really kind of mull it over and be like, that's just not right. And so I think it's just trusting my gut along the way and saying yes to a lot of things, but also being able to say no. And sometimes feel like, again, with age, I used to not be able to say no very well. And now it's really easy to say no. Well, same. I I completely understand this because for many years was asked to do 5,000 different projects by 5,000 different people. And and for so long, I would just say, yes, 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 yes. Partly out of like this sort of lack or scarcity feeling of like, well, what if if I say no, then maybe no more will come. Totally. Partly. And then also, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It was somebody I knew. I don't want to turn them down. And then as, as I got older, smarter, wiser, and more established, it was like, does this really work for me mm-hmm. as well as you? Yeah. It's got to be a, it's got to be a yes and not a maybe, you know? Yeah. Like hell yes or hell no. Yeah. Is where I'm at now. Yeah. I'm, I'm so like that. It's, and, you know, my life is way different right now. It's getting easier because my kids are getting older. My youngest is nine months. So the last nine months, I really haven't been able to do anything but take care of this baby. So you just said my kids are getting older. Nine months. Well, I mean, like they're sleeping better. You know what I mean? I got you. Yeah, I do. Like, you I are finally, so in, I'm talking because I'm like nine months. That's like a little. That's 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 a I, little. It's still very small. But I can finally think about me. You know, and yeah. I have really just been so laser focused on getting sleep and like proper nutrition and putting every energizing moment I have into taking care of the kids, which you know. The whole, like, being in your house and not being able to go anywhere is a huge factor in that anyway. So it's kind of a blessing for me because I don't think I would probably be doing much anyway. And it gives me time to really think about what I want to do. But I think in the past, like, couple months has been the first time I've been like, okay, Carly, what do you really want to do? Because I feel like, don't get me wrong, it's really nice that I can make money on social media and I can sell products and I can think about new products that maybe I want to develop and things like that, but it's not very fulfilling. So it's been like postpartum is hard anyway, but then you start to kind of lose yourself in mom life. And some people, they're just born to like be a mom and that just fulfills everything in them. But I'm like this I'm like a a career person and I'm an artist and I'm a singer and like, where is that? You're a creating machine is what yes. you are. Like you, you're going to go where like it, like where it vibes and resonates for yeah, you as an artist. And, and, as and a back person. for that vulnerability, like you said, that I miss having that part of me sprout, you know, like, I'm like, oh, where is that? Like, I gotta find that again. Well, I was going to ask you, like, where is this balance in the mompreneur world of mom, business, artist? It's so hard. I mean, Gosh, right now we're looking for a new house a little bit closer to town so we can actually find help. Um, my mom lives close, but uh, my parents actually moved here two years ago when my daughter was born. But we're going to find like a nanny so that I can actually have time to have mom life and have ad life and have artist development life. So mm. I'm starting to like organize with Evan like, okay, so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I need someone to be here because... I need mom time during those days, but I also need like Carly time to like figure out what I want to do and to be able to do my podcast and not feel so crazed 
so the balance really, I think, comes with, for me, I just need help. Yeah. I need help because I can't balance it all myself because I've, the person who ends up losing is me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a good advice for absolutely any entrepreneur out there, ultimately. Yeah. Any, especially those of us that are creative artists that, like, are creating art. We're, all, we're also having a business, and we're also having a personal life, whether you have kids or not. It's a constant that get help. Oh, get yeah. Help. Get help. If you can, do it. If you can. And don't feel bad about it. I think anybody can because even if it's just an hour a week. Oh, yeah. Anything to take to take that off. There are things that I don't really like things that spot speaking of, like not lighting you up, like things that I don't want to do in my yeah. business that I currently do. I'm like, OK, got to get somebody to do this or got because honestly, it's like so depleting. Oh, I totally right? agree. Yes. And I'm like, and then I don't have time to create. And I'm a creator like you. I'm an yeah. artist. I'm a visionary. And so I need that space right. in my life where I'm not in the minutia of the yes. BS. Yes. I feel like mostly probably the past year, I mean, I was like pregnant and then had a kid, but has been very like, okay, kids need to stop. Like we're, we're going to stop having kids and then we're going to like create. <laughs> like done. We're done. And even like to give to someone else you have to be full yourself so like you have to fill up those pockets of yourself that are yeah. empty like if the creative pocket is empty then I don't have I don't even have creativity to be like let's go draw to my daughter because I just I'm tired or you know whatever but if I feel like oh my gosh I just went and like recorded the song and like it was so cool or like I just learned this new I don't know technique of doing something like like, okay, okay, great. Like, I'm full. Like, let's go do something fun. So I just think it's, I don't know, if you can find any time for yourself, even if seriously just a, your husband goes on a 15-minute walk with the kids and you, I that's usually when I record my, like, Broadway songs that I put on my Instagram. And I'd be like, okay, I got 15 minutes. So let's knock it out, you know? There's something beautiful about that because, you you know, people can spend so much time and language. And you're just like, you got to go. you got to do it. And you're like, oh, you got to go. Gotta, you got, like, two takes. Two takes and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, and which is ridiculous but it's also kind of exciting <laughs> so you were mentioning in this in this time like you've had some time to really go inward what we what in the yoga tradition we call prachahara to turn off the senses and sort of go inward and kind of discover a bit of who you are again like yeah. what what do you what you know you say you're kind of in the questions right now is it are there any answers coming to you of things that you would like to do and where you'd like to see yourself go next you know what's so funny nick is Quarantine started in what, March or something? Like March. Yeah. Okay, so I it was I mean, I guess it was at the beginning of the year. I was so I was like, I'm gonna be on Broadway. Like this is happening. In the next five years I'm gonna be on Broadway. So how do I start doing this? I mean, I was getting trips to New York. I had voice lessons locked in. I mean, I had started planning how do I get there? Let's go. And I was like getting in the driver's seat. And then all of a sudden, like everybody started quarantining and Broadway shut down. And like, when is it coming back? Is it changing? What does this mean? And I'm like, what the heck? I'm supposed to be on Broadway. What does that mean? Broadway's closed. I'm going to be there, you know? So it's like so funny that this thing that I was like putting out so hard is now like a, what's going to happen? Like, Nobody actually knows how Broadway is going to open up or what theater is going to change into or if it's going to end up being more of a, I mean, like Hamilton is now on Disney Plus, you know, like mm -hmm. 
what is it going to turn into? But it's so funny because, and this is so like the universe just laughing at me, but it was the first time I was like, this is happening. I'm making it happen. And then I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> well, or maybe it's like your relationship, right? Because we, when we're like looking and looking and looking and doing yeah. it from heart to heart to heart to heart, the minute you go, okay, got it. It's going to happen in the way that it happens. And, it, and then right. it'll happen the way that it's supposed to happen. But I love that you put it out there. Yeah. You're not afraid to like put it out there and own it and say, I'm going to be on Broadway and I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. I love that. And I do still know it's going to happen, but I yeah. just like, I'm just like, well, it's going to be interesting how it happens, you know? When like, or how, who knows? Right. Yeah. But I, and I'm kind of like, oh, well, you know, like I can't stress about it because there's nobody knows anything. I'm not the only person that doesn't know. Nobody knows really. Yeah. You know? It's so weird. It's And it's sad. That just makes me sad. I mean, Evan and I, that was like our favorite, our me time. We used to just take trips to New York. Even I would leave my daughter with my mom, and we'd take like two night trips to New York, go to private room karaoke one night, <laughs> <laughs> and then go to like a show one night. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was so fulfilling. I'm like, where is that? The theater makes me so sad right now. It's going to have its own way back. Like you right. said, it's going to be different probably. Um, who knows? And who right. knows when is really the, the biggest issue. I mean, it's very sad for me having a show that was running and in five different countries running come from away. You know, we had five companies of it and we have none right now, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll find its way back. Right. And, and right. who knows what the form, how the form is going to shift or change or whatever, but it sounds to me like you're prepping for it. You'll be ready. I'll be ready. I will be ready. You'll be ready. I mean, obviously, like, now I have even more time to get ready, which is also a blessing, you know? Right. So, that's good. And one more thing to balance with your business, with your... Listen, you know what's great, though, is that, so Evan is an entrepreneur, too, and he would be so excited if I, you know, whenever I venture to this or that or whatever, he gets so excited for me. So, we've already discussed, like, okay, you know, if I got a show in New York, how would we do this? And he's like, okay, well, you know, I have kids half time. So we just get a place up there. And then, you know, you would just keep the kids and we just get help. And then I would come up every other week. And I'm like, this is so nice. Like, instead of saying that would be really hard, Carly, he's like, let's do it. It would be great. (laughs) Well, isn't that like the brilliance of having an entrepreneur life, which is part of the reason that I pivoted a bit into this space. I'm still obviously involved with Broadway and I'm still creating, I have two documentaries in production and I'm writing a book and amazing. I'm still I'm still in the in the entertainment industry, but part of the reason that I pivoted a little a little bit into the entrepreneur world is that I wanted freedom. Totally. Like my core value number one is freedom. And when you knew me, I was running a multi-million dollar company, but it, it was a sit-down space, and I had to be there. And I had to go to work every single day and show up at the office with the forty people, and you know what I mean. And I was like. No, not anymore. No more. No more. You know, I really wanted that that sense of freedom to be able to do like what you're saying. Let's just yeah. pick up and go. Yeah, which is so exciting. I want to go to live in Mexico for a month. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. And especially now, you know, my business is primarily online, as is yours ultimately. Right. Like as is the world now right ultimately, now. Oh, and that it really is. You know, and that really helps as well to be able to just be like, "Let's go." Yeah. You know, what's so funny, Nick. I was thinking about lessons I've learned. One of the hugest lessons I've learned within myself was at Lyric because I remember there were times that like 
it was a contract and it was one of the first big contracts I signed. And there was things I did want to do and didn't want to do that were in my contract. I remember I had to have a conversation with you and kind of stand up for myself at one point. And it was like something so stupid. Like, honestly, I can't even remember, but I remember being like, okay, Carly, like you're young, but like, you also have to stand up for yourself. And so I think I did. And, oh, I know what it was. There was the music director didn't like the way I was playing the mistress. He didn't like the way I was singing it because he said that I should sing it like the mistress normally sings like I would sing it regularly, but I sing it as if I was like a 12-year-old mistress because I have like a little princess voice that I do. And I remember being like, I really feel like this is how it's supposed to be. Like, this is the character I want to do. And I remember you being like, I, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, and you had to almost play both sides. Yeah, I did. Of course I did. <laughs> but but you know what? It was, like, really great for me in that moment because I could see what the music director was trying to do. I was like, I see that that's the character that is normally played with this. Yeah. So what happens now? Like, I see that there's that person. And then I, but I also, like, if I was a 12-year-old, I'd be like, so what happens now? You know, I'd have, like, a smaller voice so but I remember having to stick up for myself and learning later like it's okay to stick up for yourself yeah yeah so I was so scared to do it that's so interesting because I don't remember that moment fully but I but you said oh you had to play both sides I'm sure I did because <laughs> I I wasn't I actually wasn't directing that that project mm-hmm. I was the producer and so I'm as the producer you're like yeah okay yeah okay right. Right. So, and you're trying to mitigate like the and make it make everyone happy. So that's interesting. I don't remember that moment, but I love that you learned that lesson. Yeah, I learned. I mean, I learned a ton of lessons during that. That was really eye-opening for me. So, other than Broadway, which is clearly a goal that you're gonna achieve, like it's very it's very clear to me that that that, that, I, that you see it, you know it, you're owning it. What else would you like to do with your business, your life? I just really want to sing more. You know, it's so funny because Evan and I toyed with the idea of opening a private room karaoke place in Nashville because we love it so much. So we are still thinking about that. I just want to pivot back almost to like my roots, which is my acting and my singing and all of that. I need to like come back to that a little bit because like I said, I got out of that because I wanted to be myself. And I'm like, I miss the difficulty I miss looking at a script and going, ooh, this is going to be kind of hard. This is exciting. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, yeah. that song's a little difficult. Or, ooh, those emotions you got to bring out, that's going to be a challenge. But th- this is exciting. Like, I miss I miss that kind of feeling in my life. And I have that in different ways with, you know, oh, my gosh, my kid's in toddler stage. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is exciting, you know, but not, like, personally inward, you know, I feel like I, everybody's given a talent for a reason. And when you, I almost feel like I put up like a pot cover and like just covered it up for a while. And now I just like have to pull it back out and like let it live. Yeah. And I think that you're going to be able to draw upon all of this experience that you've had. You're in such a different place of your life. And, you know, it's not going to hurt that you already have a built-in fan base, which is so helpful to getting the the kinds of jobs that you may want to get and that's going to be helpful to you let's just be let's just be real that's helpful which I sort of feel bad about but I'm like you know what why I also have worked my entire life you know to 
it's not like I stopped singing and stopped doing any of that while this fame was happening. Because I have had people be like, oh, you think you're just going to get jobs because you're famous? I'm like, no, I'm going to get jobs because I've been doing this my entire life. I just happen to be famous. (laughs) Yeah. You know? I agree with you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Having known you from before, you're, you're a fiercely talented human and now may be the time for you to like express that fully. I feel like I've manifested so much my whole life, but I didn't really know that I was actually doing it. I always said, I'm going to be a singer after I have kids. And I always said, I'm going to be a singer like, and this is not saying anything to Martina McBride, but when I was young, I was like, I'm going to be older like Martina McBride. Like after she has kids, that's when I'm going to be a singer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess I didn't manifest that. I didn't really know I was doing it, but here we are. Here you are. Does a country album inspire you? I've been talking to people about making new music, and I can't figure out what kind of music I want to make. Because country music, I love country music, but it almost seems like the easy way. And so I've kind of been delving into, like, new types of music that I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing in this avenue, but that's kind of interesting. And, like, I don't know if I can write a song like that. And then I write it, and I'm like, but I just did. So I don't know. I'm kind of exploring like different, different genres, different vibes. You're stretching your artist. Yeah. I'm just kind of seeing where that lies. I'm even wearing my hair curly. I haven't done that since high school. I'm like, who am I right now? I don't know. I'm doing different stuff. <laughs> have you, have you heard from Lady Gaga? She <laughs> 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 has not called me lately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I really love talking with you. It's like, I mean, it's just, it's just so great to see your face again and to connect. Same. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next for you. Any words of advice for a young artist, entrepreneur out there? Because honestly, I believe that there's no such thing as one or the other anymore. I don't think you can just be an artist. I think you have to be an artist entrepreneur. Oh, I totally agree. Which is a big part of what this podcast is about for the artists out there. And for the entrepreneurs out there, this this podcast is to be like, you have to be creative and artistic. You have to, right? So any advice for the creative entrepreneur out there? My grandfather's advice was always dream your dreams and work like hell to make them come true. That was always his, his advice. I have done that my whole life. Because there are, yes, times where, you know, people are discovered sitting at a bar. And that was so kismet and meant to be. But I think that there's something beautiful in like a work ethic. Then when you get to where you're going, you can say, God, I did it. Like I worked for this. It wasn't just handed to me. Like I freaking did it. So I would say have a good work ethic, work really hard, but also just really trust your gut because, you know, I mean, there's lots of people that I've had lots of people in my life that have promised me this and promised me that. (laughs) And I'm like singing Guys and Dolls song in my head now. Um, (laughs) And it just hasn't worked, but I knew that that wasn't the right thing to do anyway. Even give yourself space to like really mull over on things. Don't feel like you have to make decisions so quickly. Think, trust your gut and really go with that. But also like just, I don't know, create and just pat yourself on the back because sometimes you don't have anyone around to do it. And sometimes you have to be like, dang, I just wrote the coolest chorus ever. Or, man, I just made the greatest piece of art I've ever done. I had no idea I was going to create that today. Good for you. Well done. (laughs) Well done, self. Well done. Good job. (laughs) And don't give in to your fear as well. Because there's many times that I haven't gone to auditions because I was too scared. I'm like, that can't be you. 
You just got to go in. Sounds like you're talking to yourself. <laughs> well, that one. That one is getting a little myself. I was thinking, what else would I tell my, like, younger self before I was, like, an entrepreneur? Well, I mean, I guess it was as an artist. But, yeah, don't be scared. Just go for it. Don't be scared. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Be scared later. Be scared after you did it. <laughs> oh, God, I can't believe I did that. Ugh. Hey, look what happened. Look what happened. Look what happened. I'm awesome. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what happens to you. Thank what you. What the next step, what the next iteration is, and where can everyone follow you? Anybody, uh, the, the other million people that aren't following you, because there are a million that are, <laughs> but who, whoever on here is listening, who's not following you, how can they find you and find your music and everything else? Okay. Well, I do have, I have a lullaby album on iTunes. I also have a uh, wedding song called So I Do on iTunes. And then I have my Instagram, which is Carly Wad, because Carly Waddell was taken by myself and then I couldn't get it back. (laughs) (laughs) The Bachelor made us turn off our Instagram and then I never could get my own name back. It's so dumb. And then you could find me on Twitter at Carly Waddell and you can find my YouTube that I just actually launched recently. And it's just my name, Carly Waddell, on YouTube. And the podcast. And the podcast, Mommies Tell All. (laughs) Mommies Tell All. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Well, today, today, Carly told all. I did. I so appreciate you being um, real and honest and open about what's going on in your life and the advice that you gave. You gave some nuggets of pure wisdom in there that I know people are going to really love. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to have been asked. I'm so honored you did. (laughs) High five. High five. High five in the air. High five. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends. Please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.